I was, uh, I was reading something this past week. Uh, I, I ran across this article. I read across this, this um, really kind of fascinating, and yet at the same time, this scared me to death sort of article. It, was, it really was kind of alarming. It was just this article in Popular Mechanics this past week. And, and what they said was that data scientists have determined that the entire city of New York is sinking. They said the entire city of New York is sinking because it literally weighs too much. <laughs> they said that after studying years and years of, of, of satellite imagery, it's come to the determination that because of all of the weight, that because of the nearly two trillion pounds of construction of, of the buildings that have been built on that soil, it's caused all of the clay underneath, kind of the, the clay substructure, it is compressing and it is compacting, and the whole city is sinking because it's just, it's just too much. And, um, and I'll be honest with y'all, when we start to talk about numbers like that, when we start to talk about numbers in the trillions, my, my peanut little brain, I can't really conceive of numbers like that. I have no real reference point. Like, I can't imagine numbers like that. So I have to, I kind of have to make a, a parallel. I have, I have to make some, uh, some sort of, of, of association. So maybe, maybe this will help when we're talking about these two trillion pounds. Um, think of it maybe like this, in time. If you have one million seconds, a million seconds, that equals about 11 days. If you have a billion seconds, that's 32 years. And what these very smart seniors would be able to tell us if it weren't already back here on the big screen, I'm sure, um, is that it, one trillion seconds, that's equal to about 32,000 years. That's a whole bunch of stuff when you're talking in the trillions, and we're talking about two of them. Two trillion pounds, two trillion pounds of steel and iron and brick and wood, and it's all taking its toll. The scientists say that, that, that the city of New York, it is sinking, it's sinking at about a rate of about two millimeters a year. And I know, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, two millimeters. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, especially right after we start talking about trillions. I, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it, like everything over time, it all adds up. And I, I think that's a little bit about what Mr. Comer was trying to say in, in our chapter this week. You'll remember that we're studying his book, the, the, the the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. We've been studying his book this month. We're trying to learn how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's right here on the back of the book. Really, honestly, what, what we're trying to do, we're just, we're just trying to figure out how to live a life like Jesus is. And so we've talked about silence and we've talked about solitude. Last week we talked about our need for Sabbath. And today we're, we're going to be talking about simplicity. Simplicity in a world of complexity. Simplicity in a world full of needless complexity. And so as we begin this morning, I, um, I think we need to take care of something just right from the get-go. I want to mention something uh, to make a point, but, but I'm going to have to use a dirty four-letter word in order to do so. And so I, I, I'm going to go ahead, I ask your apologies now because in the house I grew up in, probably like a bunch of us, there were just words, there were phrases that we weren't allowed to say. There were words that rightfully we weren't allowed to say, but, 
but somehow this kind of dirty four-letter word, it, it didn't make the list. Are y'all ready? Here it comes. More. More. M-O-R-E. More. Our, our foolish, our frantic, our oftentimes faithless pursuit of more. More money, more, more stuff, more people, more power. More, 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 more. And just like all of those big old buildings in New York City, all that pressure, all that weight, all that more crushing down on us, it just gets to be too much. Over time, it all adds up. It, it takes its toll. More, it, it crushes our spirits. More, it, it sinks our souls. And that's exactly what we're going to say in our scripture for this morning. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I invite you to go ahead and pull them out. We're going to be in the book of Philippians this morning. So pull out your Bibles if you have them. Maybe you have a Bible app on a cell phone or a tablet with you this morning. Go ahead and, go ahead and turn it on. Again, we're going to be in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 this morning. Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 10 this morning. This is the, uh, this is the Apostle, Apostle Paul writing. This is what he says. Paul writes, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that, not that I'm, being, I'm referring to, to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Um, this, this passage has a, has a really special place in my heart, because um, this passage, this is, this is my mom's go-to passage. This is, um, this is my mom's fight back passage, and it has seen us through a whole bunch of hard and dark and complicated times, this promise, this, this secret the secret to the good life. Whether we've had too much or whether we've had too little, and the Apostle Paul knew them both. He says the, the secret to the good life, the secret to contentment is God. The secret is in this one who, who strengthens us. You see what the Apostle Paul is saying? He's saying that it's not just that God, it's not just that God is big enough, though God is. He's saying it's not just that God is big enough. What he's saying is that God simply is enough. And those, those words, um, they took on, I don't know, an extra level of poignancy. They become somehow more poignant. They become somehow more powerful when we'll remember that Paul wrote those words while he was in, while he was in prison, possibly on death row. And yet Paul still musters the courage, the faith to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there's something about that word, that, that word that gets translated strengthens here. In, um, 
In the Greek, it's the word endodomao. Um, it is the same, it's the same word from which we get our word, and it's the same place that it gets our word dynamite. You can see it right there in the center, it's right there at the heart of the word. So the Apostle Paul is saying here again is that it's not just that, that God strengthens us, though God does, and that's all well and good, but that's, that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying it is, about, it is about the God who puts dynamite in us. He's saying, I can do all things through him who puts dynamite in us, who, who gives us that, that miraculous power of the soul to endure, the, the, that miraculous power of the soul to overcome, that miraculous power of the soul that literally moves mountains. Because that's the secret. That's the secret to the good life. That's the secret to living a life like Jesus's. It's, it's about contentment. It's about that contentment, that contentment that has everything to do with, with the contents of our lives, with, with the stuff on the inside. But, but how often do we let ourselves get misled? How often do we let ourselves get get distracted? How often do we let ourselves get seduced? Not by the not by the contents of our lives, but by the containers. Everything, all the all the stuff on, on the outside. See, in this age, whenever we have managed to amass so much, when we have been able to accumulate so much, where we just hoard things where we hoard things and people and and emotions. In this age when we stress and we strive for more and and we call it success, what what we see is that God's answer, God's answer to more is is strikingly yet yet another four-letter word. God's answer to more is less. God's answer is simplicity. I love that, and I really want us to think about that because I've been chewing on what Todd said. The key to simplicity is that word, less. So I want us to apply it. I want us to think about our lives, and I want to lift up how that works by mentioning three things to guide us. We need less quantity and more quality. The truth is, where do we learn simplicity? Look at Jesus, not just read his words. Look how he lived. The scriptures tell us he owned nothing but the clothes on his back, didn't have a library, didn't have a house, didn't have a donkey. He walked everywhere. He traveled lightly. He lived a life of simplicity. And the reason is he wanted to be available so that when the spirit told him to go, he could go. When God opened the door, he was available. He traveled light so he could follow what God had in store for him to do. He lived with less. And every time I read the gospels, to be honest with you, I start squirming. And I feel guilty because so often I'm just the opposite. All my life I have been someone that just accumulates stuff. I have too much stuff right now. I have way too many books. I have way too many old clothes that I will never wear packing my closet. In fact, I can't even begin to fit into them. And if I did, they would be so out of style, but they're just there. It seems like I have this horrible habit, whatever space I occupy, There's clutter that is there. And even when I travel, I am an overpacker. I'll never forget when I began ministry in the 1980s, I went on a 24-day mission trip to the Philippines. And you know what I remember about that? 
the dumbest thing I did. I overpacked. I had two huge suitcases filled with clothes and books and stuff, and it was so heavy, I could hardly move around. The poor folks tried to help me. We could barely move all my luggage. I felt like New York City. I was just sinking into the ground. And I had a colleague who was on the trip, a preacher buddy, who went for 24 days with just a backpack. And every time we would cross paths, I would look at him and I would think, how do you do that? How can you go 24 days with a backpack? And I may be the only one that collects too much stuff. But if I'm not, I want us to see, sometimes we miss the joy of simplicity because we have too much. In fact, I love what Socrates said. He said something so profound that we need to all remember. He or she is richest who is content with the least, for content is the wealth of nature. Content is the wealth of nature. But we live in a world that we're bombarded with advertising and that just tells us we need more to be happy. I heard in the book he says that we are hit by an average of 4,000 ads a day, some of it sublimely that we're not even aware of, that tells us we need more, more, more if we want to be happy. So the key if we're going to get simplicity is we're going to have to tune out some of the messages that are all around us, and we're going to have to make the decision to follow the life of Jesus. And it's a choice that, that we're going to have to make. In fact, I love in his book, Mr. Comer raises some points that we need to see. And I want to lift up what he said. He said, what if the formula, more stuff equals more happiness is bad math? What if more stuff often just equals more stress, more hours at the office, more debt, more years working at a job I don't feel called to, more time wasted cleaning and maintaining and fixing and playing with and organizing and reorganizing and updating all that junk I don't even need? What if more stuff actually equals less of what matters most? Less time, less financial freedom, less generosity, which according to Jesus is where the real joy is, less peace as I hurry my way through the mall parking lot, less focus on what life is actually about, less mental real estate for creativity, less relationships, less margin, less prayer, less of what I actually ache for. What if I were to reject my culture's messaging as a half truth at best, if not a full own lie, and live Jesus' way? The truth is, and I want to say this to the seniors, you're going to choose a philosophy of life it's going to determine everything about your life, not only in the next years, but your life with your days on this planet. I hope you will think about less, less quantity and more quality. Second thing, I hope you'll consider living with less me and more you. Less me and more you. I hope you will have a philosophy that is rooted in generosity. I hope you'll have a philosophy that will see success in life as leaving this world a little better than you found it. I hope that you will know that real joy comes in, in sharing and, and giving. Truth of the matter is, it feels good to buy something you're excited about. It's fun to get new clothes. It's fun to get new shoes. It's fun to get a new game. It's fun to get a new phone. And all of that's great. But you know what's better than that? That delivers way more than that? Help lift a child out of poverty. 
help a friend make it through a tough time. That's the good stuff of life. Less me and more you. We need to learn that lesson because isn't that how Jesus taught us to live? Remember the Apostle Paul was preaching a sermon to the church at Ephesus and we see the sermon in the book of Acts. And this is what Paul said. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. For he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I remember when I was growing up, there was a saying that I heard a lot. I don't hear it as much. Eddie, I bet you remember, they would say about a person, they would give you the shirt off their back. That's a compliment. In fact, that's the highest compliment. That means that's a person who's generous, who will help, who cares about you, who is there for you. That's what I wish for these seniors. I hope they will say of you, you are a person who will give them the shirt off your back, which means be generous. Give your stuff away. Give your money away. Be a person with an other orientation who gets up every day and asks the question, Lord, how can I help somebody today? Always when I see these caps and gowns, I always remember my graduation from high school back in May 1975, 48 years ago. You see me on the left, First Baptist Church, that's where our baccalaureate was, Bossier City, Louisiana. There's Todd, 26 years ago, 1997, graduating from the Brian Christian School, Brian Baptist Church, who was there. And I will tell you, as we look back at life, when I look back at those 48 years, I've spent a lot of money. I bought houses and I bought cars and I've gone on nice vacations and I have eaten out a whole lot. I bought a lot of stuff. I have so much stuff. I have stuff everywhere in my life. But you know what means the most to me? You know what I cherish? You know what I feel good about? It's the money that I have used and the time I have used to help somebody when I've given it away to make somebody else's life better. I am proud I feel good about the money I've given to the church that helped carry on the ministry of Jesus Christ. See, that's what lasts. That's what we will carry with us from this world to the next. It's what we've given away. I pray for you, the philosophy, less me and more you. And then here's the final thing I want to say. Less artificial and more natural. Less artificial and more natural. The truth is, the greatest things of life that will give us the greatest joy are all around us every day and they're absolutely free. If we will just tune in and see and live with the eyes and heart of Jesus. We can go take a walk on Lake Grapevine and just notice the beauty that's right here in our backyard. We can notice a sunset and there's nothing more beautiful than a Texas sunset and marvel at the goodness of God. Or we can get up, my favorite thing to do in the morning is go outside and drink a cup of coffee and listen to the birds sing. That is powerful, it is beautiful. Or find an older person and sit down and have a a conversation and just listen to them and, and get to know them and hear their story. And let me give you a secret, young folks. Old people like me, there is nothing we like more than talking to you. Nothing we would like more than to have a friendship with you, to get to know you, to share life with you. And those opportunities are all around. Don't let them go by. 
Learn how to cook and learn how to sew and learn how to make furniture because it's the simple things of life that don't cost us anything that bring us the great joy. And here's the challenge, and not just for these seniors, not just for our young students, for all of us, particularly my age and my generation. I think the challenge of our faith over the next 50 years is gonna be we're gonna have to learn to fast from our technology. We're gonna have to learn to just have a period of time that we turn off all our technology have a period of time we intentionally commit that we're gonna put down our phones and turn off the TV and put away our tablets, close our laptops and just be, be aware. Be aware of the people in our lives, be aware of God, be aware of our own souls. And we've talked about this whole series. And the truth is we all say, well, yeah, I know that's important but you don't know my life, I'm too busy right now, I'm in a hurry, I've got a lot to do, I don't have time. One day I'm gonna do that, one day I'm gonna slow down, one day I'm gonna simplify, one day I'm gonna be available. But what did Jesus say? We're not promised tomorrow, any of us. We're promised today. We need to learn to live every day by that which we believe. Because every day has opportunities, but every day can be filled with excuses of why we can't. And I will tell you, as we get older, the excuses just change, but they're there. This is the day that the Lord has made. Choose your life philosophy today. I love what Bill Heibel said. He wrote a wonderful little book called Simplify. And he said something really profound. This is what he said. He said, simplified living is about more than doing less. It's about being who God called us to be with a wholehearted, single-minded focus. It's walking away from innumerable lesser opportunities in favor of the few to which we've been called and for which we've been created. If we don't change how we live, our overcomplicated world will begin to feel frighteningly normal. We will become accustomed to life at a frantic pace and no longer able to discriminate between the important and the unessential. And that's the danger. When we fritter away our one and only life doing things that don't really matter, we sacrifice the things that do matter. That's why I wish for these seniors that this passage will be like Todd's mom. This will be our life passage. This will be our dynamite. Because in this passage, we discover again the greatest gift and it's contentment. What does the scripture say? It doesn't matter whether we have a little or whether we have a lot. Doesn't matter whether it's good times or bad. We can find contentment. And how do we find it? Less. Less quantity and more quality. Less me and more you. Less artificial and more natural. Because if we will live that, we we will discover what Jesus discovered and what Paul discovered and what the saints through the ages have discovered. We will find the dynamite of faith that will see us through and enable us to stand because we will affirm with the saints of the ages, verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That is Pastor Todd and my wish and my prayer not only for these seniors but for all of us that we can find the power and the meaning of life 
unless would you pray with me Lord we thank you that you have shown us not only how to live through your words you show us through your life through your ability to travel light through your ability to simplify to your ability to cut to the heart of the matter and Lord we pray that you give us that same ability to see and understand and to discern and to know and choose less because it's a choice every day we make a choice may we not let the pressures and the influences and the clutter of this world crowd out your voice that chooses us to come and follow and find the abundant life so we pray Lord for less less of this world so that we can find more of you these things we pray in Jesus name amen thank you for joining us please make sure to rate review and subscribe so you don't miss new releases we'll have new podcasts coming out all the time be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.